Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, there's me, Todd Novak. We are thrilled to death. You are listening to our show with us right now, the Guitar Knobs Podcast. Uh, Always excited to sit across from my two gentlemen friends. I say that very loosely, friends. (laughs) Not gentlemen, see. Tony, what do we do on the show? We like to talk about gear. Yes. And the makers of gear. Yep. And especially boutique builders of gear. Yep. So whether that might be guitars mm-hmm. or amps or pedals. Yep. yep. Or tuners. 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 Pickups. Or uh, tuners. Strings. Or uh, yeah, all the other stuff. All those <laughs> other things. Yep. You know, uh, accessories, if you will. Accessories. What I really enjoy are our 101. I love our one, and we got we're gonna have a good one coming up real soon. I'm pretty sure. I'm excited with somebody special. So, uh, more to come on that. Uh, Who do we have on the line right now? Jordan Clayton, Pine Box Customs. Holy moly, Pine Box Customs! This is exciting. We've had. A lot of time to play around with Pine Box pedals. We've yep. had some great interactions with him. Uh, he's been very kind and generous, uh, just even with other things we've been doing offline and been a pleasure to kind of, you know, start to get to know him a little bit. And we hope that that's going to be a pleasure for you too, because we're going to get to know him a lot more, find out his backstory and find out more about Pine Box Customs. If you are able to right now, make sure you check out Pine Box Customs on, I would say, Instagram specifically. He does a great job with his with his channel, and you can see all of the awesome stuff he does. Uh, they are fantastic sounding pedals, and his... His swag and marketing is on point. I think something might have just fallen off a building out over there. What was that? That was a dog bark. Oh, okay, good. Nobody falling off a building. That's great. <laughs> that's I always. Don't, I don't have any good. dogs. What was that? Do you have any buildings? No, I'm just kidding. That was my <laughs> I apologize. That was no problem. It's not a problem. We've had birds. We've had cats. We've had other dogs. Motorcycles, had babies, airplanes. A lot of motorcycles. Yeah, helicopters, all kinds of stuff. Uh, anyways, all right. Hey, guys, we are going to have an awesome show tonight. I am very excited about this. Wait. Woo-hoo. Yes. Isn't there someone we have to thank? Well, I'm about to get to that. Oh, you, okay. You head me, head me off at the pass. Ah. So we've got some announcements. Uh, we'd like to thank Rode, Rode for providing some awesome audio gear, including the Rodecaster Pro, which is recording every little crummy word we say. Nuance. Yep. Nuances of our words. Yes. Seances Uh, and nuances. Nuances and seances. And for the Rode Procaster microphone, Mm. which uh, Tony especially loves to cozy up to. I do, and it has an articulating arm. That is correct, Amundo. And Jared uh, likes to... Talk into it too. Yes, I do. From, the articulating from arm the side is of it. very good. Yes. When you change positions sitting down in one position for too long, you can change positions and then just move your microphone wherever you want. You can articulate it. It's amazing. There's like a fly that keeps going on my uh, my mic right here. It's kind of weird. Mm. Not cool. Stinky, stinky mic. Hell. Uh, anyways, okay. Whew. Uh, we've got uh, a couple more announcements. Hey, we, we maybe some of you longtime listeners out there uh, have, remember John Parsons from 
Tasmania. John oh, that's yeah. a real place, everybody. That's not made Tasmania. up in like Looney Tunes uh, yeah. cartoons. That's real. Tasmania. Australia. Uh, he was on episode 50. Wait, think of that's almost 100 episodes ago. That's crazy that's to think about. Anyways, he wow. shot me a note real quick and was just saying, hey, thanks for, you know, some more great shows. And uh, it was great to hear from him. And he just, I, you know, I said, hey, what's going on with you? You want to share anything? And he happened to share with me uh, that he's in the process of making a bunch of basses. Uh, huh. J- John's got a really interesting aesthetic to his guitars. It's, it's, it's very simple, but it's unique. And he does a like a slit hole up by the... Um, by the almost what is it called the forearm area what i don't know what what is that the forearm area <laughs> the forearm area uh he does a really interesting uh cut there for like a sound hole it's kind of neat like a semi hollow body thing so it shoots back at you but not all of them and his bases l- really look amazing i will say that he shot he shot me a couple images of him he's got two new shapes uh the asher and the soul and he's turning those into actual things he also says he's in the process of launching a sub brand called dot dash guitars awesome simpler paint and finishes and just you know maybe a more of an entry level oh. guitar so that's really cool like a melody maker i appreciate it appreciated appreciated it in uh sending me a note and we encourage those who are out there and you don't even to have, do to, so. be, uh, be don't have to be a previous builder or a previous guest just, just send us a note send us a note yeah. we, we get them all the time it's great it's we fantastic love, love we notes. try to we try to Read as many as we can, um, and uh, we're grateful for that. Also, something else we're grateful for is our patrons. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to give away a jam pedal to our patrons. The Lucy Dreamer. Oh, the Lucy Dreamer. going to go to one of our patrons. Dreaming about Lucy. Very excited. That's the overdrive. Oh, yeah. uh, With uh, Yeah, it's good stuff, man. So we're going to make that happen. Opa for a lucky patron and we'll give you more information on on being becoming a patron at the end of the show. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have a segment prepared. That's correct. And also, if you're out there checking, you know, just kind of going through the Instagram, looking at Pine Box stuff, why don't you head on over to our channel and just give us a follow? We would really appreciate that. Trying to build up the old audience. Hurry up and do it real quick. Yep. Do it now. Uh Put it on pause. And just do it. And just do it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Let's get to hearing some things from Jordan in a minute. We're going to start with what's going on in this week within our music world. I usually like to start with Tony so that everybody understands what's going on. Tony. What? (laughs) What segment is this? (laughs) What's going on in your music world this week, homie? Yeah. So this week, okay, so I don't know, maybe an episode or two ago, we were talking a little bit about... The Joan Jett, uh, Eric Carmen guitar yes. connection. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I got a uh, just an, a, an urge to uh, create a Eric Carmen slash early Joan Jett uh, 65 Melody Maker. Which he's going to give to me. No, I'm not going to give it to you. So uh, I, I was to me. I was I was uh, trolling the waters of the various uh, online auction type things, yeah, and found a couple of good candidates. Found one really good candidate that um, I put in just what I thought was kind of a ridiculously low bid, and I ended up winning it. What? <laughs> 
It's um, it's it's a and it was you know just kind of on a whim, but uh, nobody else bid on the thing, so I got it for pretty much opening bid, and it was a '65 uh, single pickup Gibson Melody Maker in Sherry, and my thought was, well, I can always take that and you know route it out, and make it a double humbucker, put in a tunematic and tailpiece like the Joan Jett and Eric Carmen yeah, model. It's a blank canvas. So the thing comes in, and. It is honestly one of the best examples of a melody maker from that era that I have ever seen. Let's chop it up. All right, I got the router. <laughs> <laughs> so in 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 my world, I could just never forgive myself if I did such a thing to this guitar. I mean, it's beautiful. It's got a Les Paul kind of neck to it most of the other melody makers are more like an sg with that thin yeah. uh thing this it's a one pretty thick neck i mean it, this your is whole it's, hand it's a great fit neck it. it feels yeah. like like i said like an older less paul neck uh th- i mean there's a couple of dings and uh nicks and scratches and things but it, it was it's a hundred percent got great checking on the front. I yeah, like it. It's 100% original. The only thing missing from it was uh, one of the tone knob was missing, mm-hmm. which I, I have a replica one, but uh, I'm sure. Yeah, you can find one. In my, You'll get one. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get an original one. A reflector, yeah. And right? it's got the original case. It And the case was just a mess. I mean, it was all torn apart, but it, it does have a Gibson badge in it. But uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of dozen hot glue gun sticks later, I got it back together. <laughs> so let that be a lesson. If you ever see a case that looks like a true basket case, yeah, uh, hot glue gun, man, you can do wonders with hot glue. Amazing. So are are hard cases easy to find for those? No, they're really hard to find you can't for those. Find, the only the only kinds of not cases, even just original, just a normal. No, because it's case. an odd shaped body. Same thing yeah. with the double cuts, just like ours. Those things are impossible yeah, to find. Yeah, I think if and you this, just get a, a, a rectangular one, you'd have to because yeah. this one won't fit into a Les Paul case. Right, right. it's a little too long um, in the, the body. The body is a little bit oblong, um, but um, they only made you know cardboard cases for these things back in the day. Uh, and that's that's what this is. But it's uh, but anyhow, it's a very cool guitar. So, needless to say, since I'm leaving this one unscathed, uh, I had to find another one to scathe to scathe. <laughs> and when this one had already been scathed, yeah. uh, so I have no qualms about turning it into what I wanted to do. Awesome. Uh, so it is uh, in the works right now. I had to plug the holes for where the uh, the original bridge was. Uh, there's a little bit of body work that needs to be done to it, but it's going to be end up being a cool guitar. But interestingly, this one has one of those SG super thin necks on it, like mm. I expected yeah, off of this. I don't like those. Well, you get used it's to them. My, that's not my I mean, it feels like a freaking Ibanez, I mean, really. Yeah. Well, it's not like Joan Jett has giant hands. You know that she probably yes preferred that smaller I'd, I'd, neck. And I'm it would look guess. really weird if she did because she's really small. <laughs> yes, she is. And I, I'm assuming that Eric Carmen had very small hands too. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? So anyhow, so uh, more to come on that That's project. That's really cool. Keep us posted as it on unfolds. That. All right, let's hear from Marmad Jordan. Jordan, what's going on in your music world this week? So this week, nothing really. Uh, musical i guess per se uh i recently ripped all of the carpet out of my shop and laid hardwoods last weekend and i'm just getting set up a a better shop and a little demo space and things of that nature uh so 
nothing directly going, I guess, into music, but it will allow me to do a little bit of uh, demo work and just things of that nature. So I'll get to enjoy the space a little bit more in the future. That's cool. I think it's important, like having a really good space that you can walk in and feel like it's home or, you know, that you you have the personal touches that uh, are necessary to create or to feel that you that the work you're doing is represented correctly. I think that's important. So, yeah, I uh, it was really dark. It was never intended to be a shop. So it was really dark and uh, just a darker paint color. And there was also carpet. It, do, it doubles as my shop and my, uh, my studio. So all of these little resistor leads and uh, component leads that I'm cutting go directly into the carpet. Oh. So then <laughs> it, walking is a task. Uh, uh. You know, it goes right through your Crocs is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it, it's not direct, directly re- related, I suppose, but um I'm really looking forward to being able to utilize the space a lot better and just enjoy it a little more than I did previously. Awesome. Jared. So I had a more family-ish kind of musical week, and uh, I had my old grandpa. He peacefully passed away, which, um, yeah, you know, it's sad to say goodbye and everything, but, you know, you got to go when you got to go. But uh, anyway, I was spending time with my uncle, and – He's had this Martin guitar that he's had forever. And I've kind of heard of the story here and again, but um, I asked him, I said, so I heard you got this at a pawn shop in Colorado in Estes Park. He's like, yeah, I'll tell you the story. So I guess back in the 70s, he was in Colorado visiting his sister, Bonnie, Aunt Bonnie, and uh, <laughs> they were just uh, just shopping along downtown, whatever, and he goes in this pawn shop, and there's this old Martin in there. It sounds like a would you rather. No. Okay. It, it does, but it's not. This is for realsies. <laughs> he went in there, and he found this Martin D35 ah. just sitting there. He said there was a few minor things wrong with it. And he, uh, he paid the guy the $150 that <laughs> he wanted for it. Jeez. <laughs> and uh, it's one of the – it's got Brazilian back, and it's got Brazilian sides. Mm. And uh, wow, so, yeah. Now they're now they're worth around four to six grand. Wow. Does he still have it? Oh, of course he does. He he plays it. Oh, that's he cool. had a pickup put in it, and he had oh. uh, I think he had the neck reset ones. You have to reset though all those necks on all those older Martins because they didn't have truss rods. But mm. uh, it's What's just there? a really great story. Great guitar. It's been his forever, and. It was great spending time with him and playing with him and and just kind of talking about the old days. That's cool. Yeah. And then we played at my grandpa's funeral. It was great. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's nice. What was was the the banner thing that you had on? uh, Oh, yeah, of course. How can I leave that out? So back in the late 60s, early 70s, dad was in a band uh, called Moose Picker Falls. I probably mentioned this in a podcast long ago. Anyway, they had a sign that was made by one of their guitar players, and he had long passed in 1973 because uh, he was into drugs and alcohol, and he froze to death on the porch. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And that really happened. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. an uplifting story. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. kids. <laughs> All these people dying and stories of people yeah. dying and... But uh, it's it's a good story. So anyway, he made the sign for the band, 
and it's just been kept for so many years and we've they've all um all the band members kept in touch with each other and it's a really cool sign it's got a couple of mountain men on each side of the sign it's about eight foot long. It's a cool sign. Yeah, but anyway, it looked, it looked really cool. I saw what, it on the so thing. What, yeah. So, so the guy, the drum or the Don, uh, the guy named Don, he was a bass player. I couldn't remember what he, he was a bass player, and he called me up and said, "Hey, I want to give you my sign. I'm cleaning out the garage and stuff. It's just sitting in there collecting dust." And I said, "Great. Yeah, I'll be up anyway. My grandpa died, <laughs> so I'll come and get the sign." So I got the sign. Killing two birds with one stone. That's right. <laughs> I, it, you know, it, as sad as it all sounds, I had the greatest time going. And, and this was all up North Michigan. It's cooler up there. It's less humidity. And uh, my uncle I was talking about with the Martin, he lives on a lake. We had a really wow. good time. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So all right. Uh, I had a good time this past a, a week. picking and a sharing. So are you going to hang right. the banner in the basement or what are you going to do with that? I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably hang in the basement. That's a good idea. That's cool. Keep it home. All right. Todd, what about you? What's going on in your musical work? You well, I had work. a I just had a gig and our buddy Mike Trombley from Native ah, Audio showed up. Hey, Mikey. And I said, Hey Mike, do me a favor while you're out in front, like make sure that I'm coming through all right, because that's the hardest thing. Is like you spend so much time dialing in your tone and your your levels and everything, and you get up on stage and you you don't really know what it sounds like to anybody else unless you have a mole out there who's giving you a thumb up like more, 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 or less, 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 but that never happens. Mm. And at one point, he's, he's, giving, he's giving me the thumbs up, and I'm like, man, I'm pretty loud up here. And it occurred to me, maybe I need a little bit more mid going on to kind of cut through. <sighs> Oh, you sure he wasn't just giving you a thumbs up? Like you're doing a great job. No, it, it was a middle finger. He was oh. using his middle for some reason oh. to tell me to turn up. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he was no, he was giving me the volume. Like, hey, you could come up a little bit. So, but I've heard that a couple times, and I, you know, I'm part of me. I'm just trying to be respectful. I don't want to be the toolbox that goes up there and cranks my amp so it, you know, drowns everybody else out. Yeah. Uh, so I edged it up a little bit and then it just got, I got home and I was just thinking about that and I saw, um, I was looking at the little, my pedal shelf and I saw the, the GE seven sitting there, the, the boss GE seven. I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if I just give this a little bump and you know, I do think it's going to help. I will be going into practice again to, to, and I'll be able to tell real quick cause I don't have an EQ on the board right now, but it also has a buffer. Mm. Now, another issue that I was running into is that when I have my pedals plugged in, if I just go clean on the amp, completely clean, I can tell it's the amp is a little bit, almost like it's got a bit of a blanket on it, right? So I'm, I'm losing some stuff there. If I plug straight in, I get all of the, I get those extra dynamics back, which is kind of a bummer because I'd like to have the best of both worlds. So I'm going to be, Right now, I have the the uh, GE seven EQ, the Boss EQ, um, right after my drives, in between uh, the drives and my modulation. But I think what I'm going to do is put it at the end and see if that buffer can't kind of just edge a little bit more out. If it can't, then the next thing is going to be completely replacing all my pancake cables with uh, my three monkey stuff. 
Ah. So, which I probably will end up doing at some point in time anyways. You don't, you don't have an effects loop in your amp, do you? I do not. Okay. Straight through. Straight through, baby. Hey. I don't know what that is, but anyways. <laughs> uh, okay. So that was fun. So I'll let you know what's, what happens with that. Okay. All right. Thanks, Tony. Jordan Clayton, are you ready for this? One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Jordan Clayton from Pine Box Customs. I am really excited to hear what your four on the floor is. All right. So largely based on overdrives, that's my thing. Uh, first, I'm going to have to go with a Boss BD2. It's just been a go-to for 13 years or so. Wow. It was the very first pedal I ever bought, very first pedal I ever really noticed and um, thought, wow, this just sounds great. I was in a small venue in Memphis in 2006 and saw Manchester Orchestra for the first time. Oh, wow. Good stuff. I don't stuff. know if you're familiar. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had no idea who they were, but he plays, Andy Hull plays similar to the way I play where he pretty much dimes his amps and just uses pedals basically to push them a little bit. Um, so not heavily pedal influenced, I guess. And the BD two just has a, uh, the lower gain settings on it are just phenomenal and really push your amp to that next level without doing a whole lot from the pedal. So yeah, I've, uh, had four or five of them over the years and they're just great. Awesome. Is that, well, we'll get into, I'll ask that question later. Zip, I'm going to put All that right. back in my mouth. All right. Uh, what's next? Next would have to be the Dimadash 112 Plus, a new overdrive from my buddy Steve um, Dimadash. I'm sure y'all have heard of him. He has the um, T120 delay that's kind of kicking around right now. Okay. Um, he's, he's currently on like a, a two-year wait list or so. That's a nice that's place funny. to be. Yeah, so he just did a kind of a soft release on this 112 Plus that is the most outstanding um, lower gain overdrive I've probably played. I, I treat it more like an EQ. Um, oh, that's interesting. Or a boost at the front of the chain. It just has a ridiculous amount of range to it. Um, when you say it, that, what is it like setting wise? What help us out? Help us understand that. Okay. So it's, it's got your basic three band EQ. So bass, treble mids, they all have a, a ridiculous amount of range. I mean, you can just, you can make it sound terrible, honestly, or phenomenal, but the, the volume and the drive settings on it are also controlled um, via trimmers internally. So you can take, uh, it has a pre-gain structure as well as a post-gain structure that you can crank on the inside. You can actually make it kind of a little bit fuzzy. It's just, it's really weird, and it has this originality to the tone that uh, I haven't heard anything like it before. Wow. So if you if you haven't heard of it, I can't recommend it enough. Awesome. I have two currently, and they're vastly different. He changes things quite often. But they're both great. Well, that's a good reco. I love hearing about new ones. Yeah, and the uh, third would be the Walrus Audio Monument. All right. The first version, I haven't played the second version. I imagine it's the same, just slightly smaller. 
Um, I was never a huge tremolo person, but I, I got one on a trade. I was more interested in the monument than what I had at the time. Uh, so now I almost treat it as an always on. I, I run, typically I run three amps. So I do a wet, dry, wet, and what? I just have it going into my dry and very with the depth set very low. It just kind of gives it just a little bit of movement. Whereas uh-huh. typically it's, it's very dry. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's great. And it's changed the way I play. Wow. A bit. I like that idea. We, we talked about that with jam pedals, uh, actually with the waterfall drive That's and right. actually, and, and quite a few other times this has come up where, um, I, sometimes the effect itself is not necessarily needed all the time, but that, that sort of extra movement that makes it feel very alive and, and, uh, analog and not perfect is, yes. is really exciting to hear when you, you're like, I can't put my finger on what, what that is, but it sounds, it sounds a little bit more special. Uh, and he actually r- likes to run his at like basically everything off except a, a little bit of the volume, but it still has, even though it's quote unquote off, it still has a little bit of, you can hear that, just that murmur underneath of just something yeah, yeah. moving. If you're really listening, you can catch it. So what I'll typically do is um, I really don't adjust anything on it, but uh, I will hit the uh, the tap tempo on it and kind of change the tempo a little bit. And that'll, I guess, make you um, notice it if I want it to be noticed. And then otherwise, it's just kind of off and it has a uh, just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe, but you really can't hear it, but it's it's there. Yeah. I dig it. So, you know what that kind of sound actually reminds me of? And one of the reasons that I, th- I think um, maybe early on I-, I was trying to get something that I didn't know how to explain, but on a, on a really good live recording, got one of my favorites is, is from Oasis and you, you can, it, it's, it just, it sounds alive. And you, so whatever's happening, whatever the dynamic, I mean, it could be wind moving the mic or something you, you don't really know, but there's a, there's a liveness to it that is different than in just straight up. Um, like if you just have a, a dry, something that's been recorded in a, re- in a studio that doesn't have that just yeah. extra something. So it reminds me of that sound. And, and I love hearing live recordings mm-hmm. and it, and it just makes me feel a little bit like that, which is makes me feel yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good one. Awesome. All right. So for the fourth one, that was more my, um, the tougher one for me to pick just because I have so many at this point that I really like for different reasons. Um, but I would have to go with the Southampton indie dream. Mm. So I don't know if y'all are familiar with oh, that yeah. one either. Yep. Okay. So a buddy actually sent it to me because I really don't, um, spend much on gear. I'm pretty simple. So I just have my, a few things I have and that's really it. So he had been bragging uh, on the Indie Dream for quite a while, and he sent me one. He's a he's a dealer in Canada, so he sent me one, and I sat down with it, and I was, you know, I enjoyed it. You get a new pedal, pretty much you're gonna, you're gonna like it. I really love reverb. I like uh, a reverb type echo, but I, I'm just not a delay guy. Mm. So 
it has such a a slight delay to it, but it's more like a reverb. So it's kind of uh, the best of both worlds for me. And then you add an overdrive, which is my favorite effect on top of that. So it really became kind of a, a desert island pedal. So it's not necessarily like the delay and reverb or the overdrive. Neither of those separately are my favorite pedal that I've ever played, but then you put them together and they're just uh, phenomenal. That's so awesome. I've really enjoyed that one. Uh, our friend Hamish, who runs Southampton, is uh, is a, a fine human being, and he makes a lot of great pedals. If you're not familiar with those, definitely go yeah, check them so out. The, my buddy, his name's Petro, um, is actually a friend of Hamish as well. So I've, I've spoken to him a little bit, not in depth, but he seems like a, a pretty nice guy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, man, I like your style. I like, uh, how you're using the pedals, a uh, very dynamic way to use them in a very, uh, it, that takes a lot of, uh, I guess maybe control and or time to, to get those kind of dialings in. It isn't just, you know, plug it in, you know, throw it to noon and step on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm fortunate. I live in the middle of nowhere. So and my wife is really cool. So, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be able to crank my amps up. Oh man. Pretty much always. So I'm running a basement and a Princeton and a twin right now in my setup. Wow. Can pretty much dime them out. Um, minus the twin. It's ridiculous. But when you, when you hit those levels, there's just something else that happens and we all, we all know what I'm talking about, but, when you when you play that way the there's almost not a use for the pedals quite as quite as much um so that and then you just hear different frequencies and things like that and so i feel like at at those levels you kind of notice the little small um differences with everything dude i think that's a really great point some of the things that i find at least myself chasing and others that we've talked to is you know, if you're playing at a club, typically you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, so how do you get those, those sort of, um, unexpected frequencies or harmonics? Uh, how, how do you, how do you manufacture those without forcing your electronics to kind of go kind of haywire? Right. Yeah. So I did just recently get a, um, universal audio aux, and as far as attenuation, it's, it's the best thing that I've found so far, but I don't think you can really replicate it. There's, you're just hearing it, you know, at, yeah. at those levels, you're just hearing something. And I don't know if it's just your ears banging and telling you stop, stop, stop. But I, <laughs> I mean, there's just something happening and, and you can't, you well, can't really replicate it in my yeah, opinion, but I, I mean, you I, can find the best tools for the job and certain overdrives work better than others. And you can stack. I mean, there's ways around it, but yeah, yeah. That, you, you just can't beat a, uh, a cranked amp. Yeah. I think at that point, the, the room and, and everything in, in the room becomes part of the sound. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I've, I've yes, done it myself. I've got a wall of stacks of marshals and, 412s and I've I've had four amps on at once and ran four amps at a time and had it up really loud just to do it 
Yeah. And it, it shook my whole body. The whole room <laughs> it was shook my soul. To that's the right. Color. When, you, yeah. when you play that chord, that open chord, it just, yeah. To think of Michael J. Fox. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> right. I've all started shaking, you know, it's seriously. I, I don't, uh, I don't have those things, but, uh, the kind of sounds that we're chasing, I think I may have been able to at least manufacture them as close as I can with the setup that I have. And I do get a lot of comments after the shows of like, wow, how did, what, what are you, what are you doing? Cause you know, even from uh, Billy Spitfire, I'm mm-hmm. pointing at Tony, Billy Spitfire was like right in front of my aunt, just going, Holy mackerel, man, the tones, the tones. And he's a, he is a respected player in the community. And, um, it was just, it was cool to hear that from him. Uh, and I was like, Oh wow, cool. I'm maybe I'm doing something right. And I, I feel like I've been able to, that's what I've been chasing, you know, for lack of better terms and chasing tone is, is not necessarily how sweet it sounds or how perfect it sounds, but that, just that odd, like, the ghost in the machine kind of sound. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, that was a mighty fine four on the floor. I liked it. I think Righteous. I think we could uh, we could probably bro out with some guitars and amps and stuff. I I'm fairly certain of Let's that. Let's crank them. Crank it. All right. Uh, we are talking to Jordan Clayton of Pine Box Customs. Now, Jordan sent us a box full of Pine Box. And it was a real treat playing these pedals, man. I want you to know that. Didn't know what to expect. A lot of them are drive based. So I was like, okay, well, you have an idea of what to expect. But I got to say, I didn't expect what I heard. One of the, the, the neatest things that happened is when I started rearranging the order and sort of stacking different ones together and then rearranging the order of those stacks. I was like, wow, I got all kinds of really interesting tones out that I wasn't, I really wasn't expecting. Some of them didn't like to be together as much. Some of them really loved each other. Then when I had that, I was like, wow, this sounds amazing. Um, I'm going to go plug. So I, if I was playing my, uh, the Les Paul, uh, special, um, I, I dropped that. That's got P nineties and I, and I grabbed the Hagstrom, which has got humbuckers. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a completely different story. So then I got to rearrange everything. And yeah, then, big town. Yeah, and then I dropped that and got my jazz bastard thing, my Bob. I still don't know what to call it. And uh, <laughs> you know, that's got uh, that's got a beefy uh, Brandon Wound bridge pickup, Telly bridge pickup, and that's then I had to rearrange everything again. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Good. Curious to uh, hear what ones didn't work well together. Uh, well, it's not that they didn't work well together. It's that they didn't work as it was kind of like, okay, well that's, that's doing a thing. But then I was like, Ooh, what's this thing that's happening? So it wasn't, mm-hmm. it's, it, there wasn't really a donkey in the race. I wouldn't say that. Um, but there were some that just actually really, really came to life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, Let's find out more about you. You're currently in Memphis area, outside of yes. Memphis area. Is that your is that your home base? You always yes. I, I'm um, just in the suburbs outside of Memphis, born and raised. So just right across the state line, basically. Right. 
and I obviously that's a pretty guitar centric area. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it, it was until maybe 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not much going on anymore as far as music is concerned. Really? It, but it, for tourists, you know, we, we keep it alive, but, uh, yeah, there, there's not much of a scene these days. So that's surprising. Let's talk about your early influence. What was your biggest influence on your playing or like getting you to actually talk, you know, get into playing? So my dad, um, my dad has played since he was nine years old. So he's 55 now, however old that would make him. So there was always, or were always guitars around the house and everything. And, um, from an early age, maybe six or seven, there were always guitars around the house and slowly, but surely he taught me a few things and it kind of went from there. So then I got into the, um, music scene around seventh or eighth grade. So I don't 12, 13 years old. I started playing some singer songwriter type things at different venues around Memphis and uh, played in some metal bands and some other bands and just kind of rode that for the next seven or eight years. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. Metal band. So uh, let's get a little specific here. What were you, what kind of stuff were you playing? Uh, Similar to like, so it kind of kind of sounds cheesy now, but like under oath type stuff or um, a day to remember things like that. Kind of pop metal, probably. Okay, would be considered these days. So yeah, I played basically everything under the sun. Anything I could get my hands on, I played any instrument I could get my hands on. I played. And um, what were you playing yeah, back then? It. What kind of instrument? Ooh, so my first guitar I got when I was nine was a Squire Strat. Nice. And then I upgraded around 11 or 12 to a Telly? Mexican Strat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then a few years later, I got a, another Strat. And no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Strats are the best. Yeah, uh, I had a couple of strats, and then I went to a, a Les Paul, and then um, when I started playing more of the metal stuff, I moved to a PRS Tremonti. I mm-hmm. don't even remember the specific model. Um, and yeah, then I pretty much quit playing when I or quit playing electric when I got older, moved out, and all that, and just apartment living. It's not conducive to right electric guitar um so then yeah when i when i bought a house and stuff around i don't know when i was 21 or so i was able to get back into electrics and that's when i found my love for tellies interesting so what what's i'll never go back what's what sparked you uh jumping uh, to a telly i saw something online i just started seeing um parts casters people were putting together so what interested me as I was 20 or 21 and had no money and uh, said I can build one relatively cheap. So yeah, I, I'm an ultimate DIY type person. So I wanted to go that route and did. And I just love the telly, everything about it. 
That's awesome. What, uh, what, what, what color, what would you tell us oh, some specifics so, that we're all hanging on you? <laughs> oh yeah. So my main one is, uh, my main telly is Daphne blue with a tortoise pit guard. Oh, beautiful. Really beat, uh, beat up. Mm-hmm. And the body I did weigh it at one point. It is the heaviest, uh, slab of ash that you've ever, ever felt. It's, I have had Les Paul since then, and it's heavier than a Les Paul. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, it, it's. But I'm I'm not on stage, so it's it's cool. I just you know can sit with it in my lap or whatever, and it uh, it doesn't bother me that it's that heavy. And I fully believe that the weight of it is why it uh it just it sounds so good. It has tons of sustain. It's just um I really don't feel the need to get any more guitars after that one. Is uh, you know I know that's like a eternal sin to say, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's just great. That's well, probably keeping you out of the poorhouse, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not really too big into guitars, honestly. Um, that one plays well; it plays as well as I need it to. I'm not a phenomenal player, so yeah, I just kind of stick with it. That's cool. Sounds man. great. Plays well. It, it knows Strings you, and you know a little it. bit that's of rust. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Solid. What is yeah. that? A is that a rosewood neck? No, uh, no, it's board. not. Sorry, that, one, being that one has a maple neck. Um, so it's actually a custom shop neck now um, that I was able to find online. So it's a custom shop maple neck directly from Fender. And it's good. That's cool. I, have a, I do have another, I have a 72 Deluxe that has a rosewood neck. And I, I really don't know which one I prefer. I mean, they're both fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my main one is a maple neck. I like a maple neck on a telly myself. I, I think I prefer it, to be honest. Uh, it it does, like, I feel like your fingers glide a little better on it, which yeah. that could just be me. I'm not sure. Um, but as far as tones go, I, I don't really know. I'd, I would have to put that neck on the blue one's body, and then I would kind of know if it made a difference there. But, yeah, it's great. That's cool. And I do still have a, an American Strat if you ever want to. Borrow, yeah, borrow Todd would probably want to borrow it. <laughs> you know, they, that's you a really great swing guitar. down and play it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, what was your fir- what was your first uh, or what was the first amp that you kind of paired up with? You, by the way, does your guitar have a name? No, okay. it does not. Some people have names. Just checking. Wait, I know what it is. It's Fender Telecaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is. That's what all my of, guitars are. Of several different varieties. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Frankenstein at this point. Okay. What uh, what was the first amp that you paired with it that you said, this is the sound I want? Uh, so I was using a AC-15 when I got that one. Nice. Which I still do. I do love AC-15s. I don't currently have one. Um probably when it came together was when I got, um, the basement and the Princeton both running. That's when it really clicked that, that, that there was just the sound that I was after. So you run them together. Yes. Yeah, so I have three on pretty much at all times. Wow. That's a lot of fender going on. Yeah. Yes, it is. So what do you so, think that those three are doing with each other? I'm, I'm just curious. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody run three. So yeah, my, my pedal board is set up, um, 
basically, like I said, wet, dry, wet. Um, so I have essentially three chains, each going into a different amp. So I have a different drive texture on each one. I do have an Ahab going into every amp, but um, different drives, different reverbs. Everything's just doing something a little different. I have the, uh, like obviously the Princeton or the basement really can't keep up with the twin. Twins are just loud no matter how low you go. Um, so they're just all kind of at different levels. They're all just different um, wet mixes or different. I'll even put a delay on it sometimes, a very light delay, kind of just like a trails. Uh, I don't know. They just work differently. You can, you can stack without um, muddying everything up. You're mm. still getting the clarity even when you're stacking different um, drives. Right. It works really well for looping too, which is mainly what I do. I play by myself. So I'm constantly looping different things. So I'll, loop in different amps and have certain parts go into certain amps and, you know, not in the other amps, different right. things like that. Well, that's cool, man. That sounds really yeah, a lot of, a, lot, a fun place to be playing music. You're set up there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It, it's, it's way too complicated for um, my audience, which is my, my dogs, <laughs> but it's great. I love it. Nice. So uh, let's see. You were just talking about your workshop earlier. Let's get into what the things that uh, you make there. Um, hopefully by now, audience, you have made your way over to Instagram and seen some of those things or over to his website, Pinebox Customs. And uh, you can uh, check out. He's got a lot of, of pedals. How long you've been doing this, man? I have been i've built i built my first pedal in 2015 just out of a kit um but actually like diving into the design aspect and things like that uh going on two years now so not long at all really what was the thing that made you jump from so you, you made a you made a kit which i think a lot of people kind of start at what was the thing that that what you went from where from the kit yeah so i made a kit or I think three in 2015 and then didn't do anything for at least a year. Just, it wasn't my thing. Um, so then a year later, maybe I was driving through, it's kind of busy store driving my parents' neighborhood and hit a stop sign and, or I didn't hit it, but you know, stopped at a stop sign and looked over to my right. And I saw what I thought was a, uh, an amp head sitting in like a pile of trash getting ready to be picked up. <laughs> so of course I turn, I turn around and, and go um, see what it is. And it's actually a um, 68 baseman. What? So yes. So I'm like, okay, I definitely want this. So the guy was outside and I asked if he's, if he's throwing it away and he said, yes. And he even loaded it into my truck. Um, you know, Southern hospitality. And <laughs> Yeah, so I, I went home and uh, researched, I guess, how to rebuild it because I, I definitely plugged it in and it definitely smoked. So, oh, yeah, well, I, I didn't know anything. So, yeah, I went and researched how to um, rebuild it and bought a kit and everything to rebuild it from Mo Mojo Tone. And that was it. And I immediately got hooked into electronics. That's cool. Cool. That's a great story, yeah. man. Those are my boys over there, man. Mojo tone. Yeah, it, it's a, 
I've wanted to build a few more or I have a couple I have had my eyes on and haven't yet, but I imagine eventually I'll order something else from them. Cool. Uh, I know we really haven't gotten deep into your pedals yet, which we're about to, but do you think there's any chance you'll ever design an amp? Uh, I'm actually already working on it, (laughs) but I like, I can, I can build something that I like, like a basement or something, no problem. And I even have a, a circuit worked out. That's kind of a basement with, um, a spring reverb circuit as well. But I don't think that I would ever release it like to the public just because of cost. And, uh, also I'm not sure how far my insurance goes and right. You're not going to die from nine volts, but you know, if you hit, if I'd mess up an amp, then it might not be good. So yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know. Pro- probably not, but I wouldn't say no for sure. Interesting. Interesting for myself. Absolutely. I will back to the, so uh, you're, you're the actual pedal. So you, uh, yeah. you, you built the basement and then you said, so, so going from rebuilding head to starting up a, a line of pedals. Yeah, so, I actually got, you know, I really got into electronics and started looking around and I've always been kind of big on Instagram. Um, so I started noticing I was already into pedals at this point, by the way, um, just not into building. So I started to notice some people were doing, um, some hand painted pedals, champion lucky, uh, specifically. Oh yeah. So I saw, I saw (laughs) woolly stuff and so, you know, I, I can do that. Um, I was always first and foremost, a, a visual artist so yeah, I just wanted to do it and that was it. Um, once I get my mindset on something, I just kind of go for it and dive in and yeah, after probably the day that I saw people were actually, um, kind of doing the DIY thing and hand painting pedals, I'm sure I ordered a few hundred dollars worth of equipment probably that day. Wow. But that's just, yeah. You can ask my wife. It's great. <laughs> now, now, Champion Lecky does something that I really like, and I'm. So my question is to you: Can you draw underwear and lightning bolts? Not as well as Wooly can. No, more <laughs> <laughs> frequently. Yeah. Uh, that said, the aesthetic that you've created for your brand is just aces. I love it. It's it's great because oh, each one has its own personality, and uh, and it's unique. It's yeah, I, I'm always astounded in the sea of pedals. I mean, there are just hundreds and hundreds of pedal brands um, to be able to jump in at this point in the game and create a a, a brand that is unique and and even unique sounding pedals. Uh, it doesn't have to be undiscovered yet. You you don't have to create a sound that's never happened. And I think that's one of the things that people struggle with is like, how many overdrive pedals do we need? We need them all. Yeah. Because they're all different. That's yep. why. Uh, Absolutely. And it, and it shouldn't stop you if you're considering doing something like this. You just heard, you just heard Jordan basically say, it wasn't my thing. I wasn't in electronics. Then I found something awesome. And then I got in electronics and I started making overdrives. Then I'm going to jump into the most heavily populated pond, you know, in pedals. And you still created something unique. That's astounding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, initially I was more focused on the art aspect. Um, there weren't that many people doing hand painted, which I'm still focused on that, but 
yeah, I just, I thought that I could put my mark on the, the market with my art. Uh, I actually went to art college, Memphis college of art, uh-huh. and I've never done anything with it and I'm still in debt because of it. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's really the first time I was able to, um, I guess, utilize my education and I guess the passion that I chased for so many years and actually bring it to a larger platform where now my art is in Brazil and uh, the UK and Australia. And, you know, it's and Ohio. It was, in, in, in Ohio. Of all places. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's been kind of nuts. Anybody can do it. Uh, as long as you, I guess, just, uh, stay focused and learn everything that you can and work hard. So speaking of working hard, first of all, I went to art school as well in California and, uh, I too am still paying that off this many oh, years after it's true it's true <laughs> it's all true everyone uh, anyways but hey so what you need to do is help jordan pay off his student loan debt right now by going and getting one of his pedals that's what you need to do two two of his pedals find two <laughs> that, that work <laughs> get all six it's like a collection it's like uh you know a limited edition collection, except it's not limited. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of, of working hard, can you share with us, you know, as you're going through this process, not having started out as an electronic person per se, what were some of the issues that you ran into as you started building and started creating your own sounds? Um, so I don't even know that I knew enough to know that I was having issues at that point. Um, <laughs> I fried a couple of sets of tubes. Absolutely did that. Um, several other things. I guess the main issue was just understanding, I guess, the flow of a circuit. Um, what certain things like what transistors were, op amps and that things and how to uh, filter. I mean, just the very basics were kind of hard to catch on to just because you know, when you're researching something, uh, the people, the people who are posting on, on most things are already experts or they have quite a bit of knowledge on it. So they do not dumb things down enough for people like me who have no idea. So they, their articles and things like that kind of go into it with assuming that you already have some kind of knowledge of this. So if you don't, then, you know, it, it becomes kind of difficult but once you kind of get the basic building blocks down, it's really not they're fairly simple. Um, at least until you get into certain digital things and modulation and that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean a few components and a little bit of research and you can make yourself a pretty outstanding, uh, driver fuzz. Do you have any, re- uh, like a main resource that you felt was super helpful that you could share? Uh, yes. So Brian Wampler or Wampler, um, put out some PDFs several years ago that just go over the, well, it's a book in PDF form, but just goes over the basics of a circuit. And, um, I mean, simple things like this symbol on a schematic is a transistor and we call a transistor Q1 or Q2, things like that, like the very basics. And he really dumbed it down to a, uh, for a non-electronics person to understand. So that was my first step. And then after that, you can get on to different things like, um, 
DIY pedals and effects layouts and things like that. But really just old articles. Um, you can research guitar pedals from the sixties or the seventies and things like that. And those are, we're neck deep in the, with the internet right now and, and all of these old circuits and stuff that yeah, not all of them have been resurrected yet. And you can still, um, you know, kind of bring back these circuits that are not really viewed as being very popular and play with them and kind of make something that's not out there right now. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that, you know, I would, I would also recommend, uh, at least for me, I've brought this guy up a few times and he's not necessarily a pedal centric or even guitar electric centric, uh, gentleman, but, um, I find him to be terribly entertaining and I learned a lot from a particular video that I saw on YouTube. There's a fellow with the, his channel is called big Clive dot com like dot com i don't think i've seen him he's a scottish gentleman who is giant he, he literally looks like uh the dad from tangled or something like okay that. so so like a scottish jared yes yes exactly a scottish jared with a big red beard i'm not joking. only nicer and he okay. is he is a a hardcore electric he's he's really in from what i understand he does a lot of like event lighting and and uh sound and stuff so uh, he's working with some pretty heavy electronic machinery but the thing that i found i was just trying to learn more about what do some of these components do mm -hmm. and he has one video that he literally just takes a white piece of paper with a sharpie and says this is a resistor this is what it does and it is the most primary way to understand something that I have run across yet. And, and he's, yeah, yeah. He, it's just, it's a, he, he talks the way he talks is very musical and he just sounds like the nicest guy. And you're like, wow, I feel like I'm learning this from my elementary school teacher. It's fantastic. So, yeah. And that, that's what it takes. There's, there's not that much information out there like that. So that's uh, good to hear. There's another resource. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and is his channel is just very entertaining all around, but specifically look for the one about components. That's big, okay. big Clive dot D O T com. You won't regret it. He's probably like, why, why, why I keep getting these spikes every couple of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so uh, maybe we should have big Clive as a guest. Oh, that would be hilarious. Dude, it would. Fantastic. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, your pedal line. You said you're, you know, you're very into the drive area and I got to say, man, they sound great and they're very well put together, extremely solid, top quality, um, I was, I was just really thoroughly impressed. So walk us through, what was your first, what was the first one you put out? Uh, Ahab was, and that's sort so, of your flagship, isn't it? it? It is. Um, that came about from a Brian Wampler video where I actually connected things backwards. And, um, Ahab is me incorrectly putting together what I was trying to put together at the time. <laughs> and that's amazing. It just sounded so good um it's pretty simple but uh it's yeah it's still my um number one as far as just kind of the lighter overdrives uh, i think one of the great most fun sounds that i got was pairing that up with the ruminations 
Yes. That, that just, man, that just came alive. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, pretty much stack all of them. Mm. So I know the sounds pretty well at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad you liked that one. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and obviously they have by itself is, is pretty fantastic. And I, for what it's worth, I also really love that you designate, uh, the, the, uh, level knobs with the red, with a red knob. Yeah, that's that's a new thing Super that smart. I, I don't know if I'll stick with, but I don't have um, knob labels just because I feel like it clashes with my art. So I feel like at least have a volume, you know, specified so you don't blow your eardrums. Yeah. It's, so yeah, it's I think, a, I think I'll, it's a nice I probably will stick with it. Good. Yeah. Ooh, so let's see. When next, uh, let's look at, let's talk about the Palatine real quick. Yeah, so the Palatine actually came second, I believe. Um, I, it's just a really simple, straightforward um, clean boost. It's not a really hot sell or anything, but it is. Uh, it's a really good clean boost, and I really use it at the front of the chain to push, um, just to kind of give everything a little bit of extra grit. So I actually run two. I run one at the beginning of the chain. And then I don't know if you noticed, but if you cut the volume, it actually attenuates a little bit. So I actually run one at the very end of the chain that connects all three of my um, signals, connects them at that point, And then I can kind of keep unity gain or unity volume with it as well. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of like a, a utility but it, for me. it's got something special that most uh, boosts don't, which is your bias knob. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, so the, the bias knob is external now, which is new. Um, I pretty much adjusted it almost every time I played, I played off and then adjust it to whatever I was playing at the time. So I figured why not just put it on the front um, or make it accessible where you can kind of give it a little bit of grit or cut it back to just use it as a, a clean boost and uh, just give it a little more flexibility than it previously had. Yeah, so, yeah. It gives it a little bit of that. It sounds almost like you were trying to give it some of that ghost in the machine a little bit sound, uh, you know, in your description, I'm, you're talking about a little bit of extra harmonics and stuff, which is, you know, that's one of those things yeah, you just dial it a little bit and it's nothing, nothing. And pretty soon you hit that sweet spot and you're like, Whoa. Yeah. It does something with the, um, I haven't seen it on like a scope or anything, but if it does something with the, the high frequencies when you have the, the bias turned up and you have it cranked a little bit that, uh, it's great for, like you were talking about earlier, like helping cut through the mix. So if you've already got your, your drive signal going, you can pop that on and not even necessarily change the volume, but it adds a little bit of, um, just little harmonics that kind of cut through. So it's, it's pretty important, uh, on my rig. That is a handy little helper right there. And then, uh, your, your ruminations. <clears throat> yeah. So the ruminations is based on a tone bender and, um, my main goal with that one was to get the more overdrive sounds out of it while also, obviously I wanted, uh, to have a fuzz, but kind of the, the entry into fuzz, um, so it's got a two band EQ bass and uh, treble. It's got an external bias pot, your typical volume and um, fuzz pot. And yeah, it covers a lot of territory. Uh, it's now if somebody, again, if somebody is going like, mm, I like fuzz, 
I didn't get the impression that that one it, it you're it's like a a lightweight fuzz almost. It's um it it feels like that. It yes. doesn't feel like you're getting like box of war or something like that. Yes. From, yeah. So it does have a trim pot um, on the inside that you can adjust I, and I've marked the majority of them, mm -hmm. but if you cut it just 25%, it actually goes into a really cool um, gated, gated fuzz, if that's your thing. Yeah. Um, but that's not how I send them out, but it's a happy find if, if you're curious and crack it open. Nice. Nice touch. How about the Tursus? So Tursus is also tone bender based, though they're nothing alike. I'm sure if you've played both of them. Right. Uh, so the or ruminations is on the lighter side of fuzz. Well, Tursus is technically it is a fuzz um, circuit wise, but it's not a fuzz at all. Um, mm. It's a really subtle. So it's like me. It's completely right and wrong at the same time. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, so it's got um it's also got a two band EQ, so bass and treble. It's got a I believe I call it the current knob, which is a bias, but it's got a really um it's got a really low sweep, so it's not doing a ton unless you're really listening um at different frequencies like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um and then it has volume, of course. So the goal behind Tursus was to have um, kind of an always on for more of the like rock sound. Um, it's not a fuzz and it's not, it doesn't really fit into fuzz or overdrive in my opinion. It's just a nice uh, kind of like a dirty amp sound. There you go. Um, so that was the initial idea. So what I've actually learned about it now is it, where it fits best is, um, stacking it with other drives so it has a a lot of power and it has um just a little extra something i don't know exactly how to describe it but it puts just a different flavor on any drive you put with it and it's become my probably my favorite drive to put in front of anything else um it just it pushes them so hard and gives you a little bit of eq um abilities with it and yeah, that's kind of how I use it. Not nice. as much standalone as much as uh, stacking. Yeah. Well, you know, as, as I mentioned before, the stacking really was, uh, was a, a wonderful thing to play around with. And your pedals, um, being able to use so many of them together was really unique. I think, you know, a lot of times we get, we'll get pedals and like each one of the pedals are you're pretty great, but they're not necessarily meant to use like Legos and yeah, yeah, yours yeah. are very much Legos. Yeah. And that's, that's the main reason why I sent y'all the entire line was because that's, that's how I hear it. And that's how I, I designed them. And when, when Ahab didn't go far enough for me, I needed to design something that, um, you know, took it to the next level. So then came Palatine and I could push, push Ahab a little further and a little more drive and then so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, when they're designed, they really do work as a, as a collective. Right. Very cool. I'll eventually have to get out of that, but yeah, that's, that's how I play them and that's how it is so far. I like that. I like your style, man. I like it a lot. So 
Man, I'm really thrilled that we got to hear so much of your backstory um, and 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 even about your pedals, the thing that that, that you do for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are going to adjourn out of this segment and head on over to the wonderful wet and wild world of Jared and his golden throat. That is correct. And everybody knows what time it <laughs> that is. That is correct. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is time for Would You Rather? What? Whoa. What's that? This week's Would You Rather is brought to us by our good old buddy, David Kaminga. All right. Yeah, he's a he's a cool dude. Came and visited us at uh, the summer. Nap. He's a he's a contributor to yeah. our guitar knobs uh, podcast world. He is. So here's here's his thing. Would you rather be known for always playing the same guitar? Mm. Like, oh look, it's Todd playing the Stratocaster, <laughs> or it's Jared playing that uh, you know SG Les Paul. Well, or, that would be like like Angus playing his SG. That's right. Or would you rather be known for playing a different kind of guitar all the time? Like Steve Miller. I think he changes every song. He changes guitar every song. Cheap trick. Yeah, like Uncle Dick. That's, that's kind a of a tough one, actually. Very interesting one. Yeah. That's a good one, David. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, we've probably seen the poster out there with the... Each person with the guitar, uh, there's an illustrated poster out there. And it's got like sort of guitar heroes through history who always play either the single guitar. So my my guy, Joe Strummer, you know, he had the telly. Uh, there are several people out there that have the same thing. It's like that's the guitar. So when you see it, in some cases, it's extra, extra special. Mm-hmm. On other hands, you get excited when you're like, oh, he's bringing out that one. Yeah, I love that one. I think the most special guitar would probably be the Red Special uh, because the guy, you know, he made. Could be. But there's another great example. Yes, sir. Uh, let's see here. Ooh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Tony, what are you doing? I think as much as I'd like to be known for one guitar, that's just not in my, it's not in my DNA. Mm -hmm. I just love different guitars, different tones. So I, I would be one of those guys that had, you know, toured with 50 guitars, I guess, mm -hmm. and drove yeah. my tech crazy. I mean, I, I, I mean, if I go to a cheap trick show, that's, it's you always see fun what to see what doing. Rick's playing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know with what oh he brought that one that's cool that's that's a really cool yeah. thing yeah you know uh, yeah so I, I guess I wish I could be one of those people that just had one guitar yeah but uh, now nah, I got to have a whole whole bunch yeah that is that is a fair statement Jared definitely several different guitars I've got one or two that I I would probably close or keep close to my heart you know near and dear to my heart but. Several guitars is the way to go. I know we're talking about on stage, though. Yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just checking. Well, sure. I mean, if I'm going to play Yellow Lead better, you know, I want a Stratocaster. If I'm going to play, you know, Honky Tonk Woman, what, like a Telecaster, right? 
with five strings. Well, sure. yeah, I think maybe I'm thinking about this as not like covering and stuff, but like this is the sound of your band. Okay, if you were a instrument, yeah, I'd go with several different guitars. Still. Okay, yeah, still the same thing. Yeah, Jordan, how about yourself? I would have to go with one one guitar, Ooh. one guitar, one yeah. Telecaster, <laughs> the yeah, Telecaster. I, I, I'm kind of sentimental, so I like the idea of, let's say, if I've had that Telecaster for five years now and it kind of have it the rest of my life, there's a lot of stories there. Yeah. And then uh, just mastering one instrument, you know, um, being the master of one and not playing every everyone a little sloppier than I would if I knew every inch of the fretboard on one. That's a that's a really interesting uh, aspect. Mm. I, I think that's a, that's pretty valuable. Um, well, Todd. I'm already <laughs> I'm already in the camp of multiple <laughs> guitars, um, but they all look similar. They do. They all look similar. They are all black with gold gold sparkle pick guards. Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm not playing him to, you know, uh, like a trophy case kind of thing. I'm not like, Oh, look at me. Let me show you this guitar. <laughs> I, first of all, I'm not good enough to do that. But when I write a song, I will start writing and I'm like, I f maybe it doesn't feel right. There's, you know, each of those guitars has a different feel to it. Not, not even, I mean, and sound. So I, when I'm writing something, whatever song it, that, that, it clicks with is that's the guitar. And I'm like, all right, you get this song now. And so that's the way that, uh, that's the way we stack them up. Yeah. And in, in my current situation. So, and I've tried to do practice just to keep myself like better. I will do uh, practice with one guitar through the whole thing. And yeah. it's, and it's so obvious when I was like, mm, I, I should, I really should be playing the other guitar, but I do it so that, Hey, in the event, something happens, I need to be able to grab one of the other ones and go, yeah. but that's trickier. I feel, I almost like, feel like I'm betraying the song. If I, if I play it on a different guitar, it's kind of weird. Wow. Yeah, you're legit. I've got a couple really of guitars. Betray a song yeah. or betray a guitar. Both. I have a couple of guitars that are that have multiple uses, like split pickups and all that kind of thing. And I even have one with a piezo pickup uh, for acoustic stuff. But I I don't know. Just several guitars is for me. Just is I think is better visually for the crowd as well. It could be. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. That's a great question. Thank you, David Kaminga, for sending that in. My man. That was very cool. Yeah. Um, Jordan, where can people find your pedals? Yeah, so you can find me on pineboxcustoms.com. You can also find me on Reverb, um, oxbowaudiolabs.com, and uh, I believe that's it. And for... Um, I'll do for a solid month after this episode comes out, I'll do a 15% discount Ooh. using um, the coupon code guitar knobs. That is awesome news. I great. love that. Thank you. What a generous yeah. gentleman that you are. I, that's, that's great. Everybody better take advantage of this because these pedals are outstanding. Truly. We, we all really loved playing them and, uh, it yep. was a real treat. Thank you very much. That is, uh, too kind, too kind. Yep. Uh, look for that promotion on Instagram. 
So we'll have that up at the top. You can look and see, uh, you know, what deals we have for, for, uh, our listeners. And, um, you know, and if you're confused and you're like, there was a deal, I'm pretty sure if you, after that you hear this, can't figure it out, hit me up. It's okay. Or hit, or hit Jordan. Yeah, up. Just go to me. pine box yeah. and say, Just what was the thing? Hit somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just hit them. Uh, Jer- uh, so Jordan, again, thank you so much for that. Um, let's see here. Tony. Yes. We have some people we want to thank real quick. Yes, there are. Hit us up. So at this segment of the show, we like to thank a special group of people. Yep. This would be our executive producers. I love them. We love them. Uh, but then again, we love all of our patrons. Most of them. On most of all of them. <laughs> Not most of them. I know all of them. Oh, Jared. Uh, so you're saying to yourself, eh, I'm thinking about becoming a patron. How do I do it? Here's how you do it. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Mm-hmm. When you're there, you will see various levels in which you can participate. And at each level, there are some really wonderful things, barefoot buttons, t-shirts, stickers, picks, Oh, all kinds of things. <laughs> it's too numerous to mention. Yeah. But at the, the, the level that, that we all love the best, that would be our executive producers. In yeah. addition to all those great prizes, Jared, what happens? Like right now, you get to have your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right, right on. now. I'm reading names. Do reading it. these names. Thank you to each and every one of you. And if I don't read your name and you're a patron, thank you too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's thank Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Sean S. 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 Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Brad Partridge, Corey Nigro, the Carpenter from Boston, Ken Sayers, Jonathan Jerusik, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Michael McVeigh. Rick Lenglou, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John England, Tyler Bray, Ty Garman, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Tim Nowak, and Doug Gann. All right. Woo-hoo! Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you again. One more for the road. Uh, Tony Baloney, where can people find you? Let's say you want a special pick card. Mm-hmm. You got a big anniversary coming up. Yep. You just bought a 65 Melody Maker and want to make it better. You want to make it bigger, better, stronger, faster. Yes. Uh, head on over to pickguardian.com. Uh, check out you know some of my standard offerings and then also check out some of the special things. Make just about anything you want, people. You want, you want your name on it? You want your logo on it? I do that, too. Cool. Uh, or go over to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Pick Guardian and the number one. See some of the projects I've been working on. Perfect. Jared. If you need some old, new-looking pickups, or if you need some Wait, rewound. <laughs> I think you want, you mean new, old-looking pickups, don't oh, you? Oh, that's right. <laughs> if you have old pickups that need to be new-looking again, you can send those too. Any which way you spin it. If you just need some great-sounding pickups. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really legitimately fantastic-sounding pickups, hit Jared up. Brandonwantpickups.com. Look Boom. Me up. 
poof. All right, you can drop me a note, Todd, at theguitarknobs.com. You can also direct mail me, I mean direct message me, there's, I don't know what direct mail is, but you can direct message me on Instagram and we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear what you think about the show. We would love to hear your would you rathers. Send those mm. to us. We just got a whole bunch of new ones. We're really excited. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and we also would love for you to drop Jordan at Pine Box Customs a line and tell him how much you enjoyed this episode and make sure you go take advantage of that 15% off his pedals. Get some of these things. You will not be disappointed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic guitar week. Jordan, thank you so much for spending so much time with us. Thanks, Jordan. Yep. Thanks for having me. You bet. And make sure that you subscribe. Yeah. Do you have a slight tinge of Zach Galifianakis in your voice? Yeah, I noticed that too. Have you, has anybody ever told you that? No, they have not. Yay. I, I can put on a turtleneck. Ooh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Are you done being silly? Yes. All right. No. Well, that's it for these knobs please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.